Welcome to the SMC 2021 podcast. What if God wanted to do something new in your life? This is your fresh start. Hey guys, I'm Jenna Miller and I am on staff with Stumo at Missouri State for going on five years now. Hi guys, my name is Alex Heislin and I also have been on staff with Stumo for five years, but I work at Colorado State University. Um, okay, y'all, do you remember the Laurel Yanny debacle and which word that you were hearing? The guy's voice was like Laurel or Yanny. And there's actually a street in Fort Collins named Laurel. And so this is kind of a huge deal in Fort Collins where CSU is. But I remember listening to it so many times and which word I heard always switched. And I have no idea how that even happened. Or the blue black striped dress or the gold white striped dress you would see a picture of a dress and you'd either see that it had blue or black stripes or gold or white stripes and it was the exact same picture and again how that happened i have no idea but y'all this one is actually crazy um did you know that the orange powder on the outside of a cheeto is actually flavorless there is no flavor to a cheeto on the orange outside of it because of their orange color and marketing our minds are tricked into believing that that powder actually has a cheesy flavor the new york times reported on a cornell university discovery about cheetos without their orange coloring where the tasters said that they don't taste cheesy our minds have so much power and sometimes we don't even realize it Another example similar to that is Tibetan monks who live in the Himalayas, which is nicknamed the roof of the world because its mountain peaks are so high up. So you can imagine how freezing cold they must be in their robes in the winter months, especially. If you or I lived there, we'd have a constant fire going. We'd be like two inches from the fire. We'd have the heat heat cranked up. I don't even know if they have heat, honestly. And we would probably have our Uggs on, a huge parka on, I'm sure. But these monks have been known for surviving in the cold through meditation. While most of us would start shivering uncontrollably, sitting in 40-degree weather in a robe, these monks were able to stabilize and even increase their body temperature by just shifting their consciousness away from the cold. So basically, stop thinking about the cold and you won't be cold. I'm sure it's more difficult than that, but you don't have to know much about monks or anatomy or psychology to know that our mind is an amazing thing. The first thing I want to talk about is our mind's capacity. Isn't it crazy that you can remember songs you haven't heard in years? Like where in the world does your brain store all that mostly pointless information? The average iPhone is 128 gigabytes. Your brain's storage capacity is equal to about 8,192 of those iPhones, and it runs on the amount of energy that powers a dim light bulb. A phone with as much storage as a human brain would take a gigawatt of power, which is basically a whole nuclear power station, and it's as big, your brain is as big as a little bit bigger than a double fist. Our brains can store about 200 million songs. But our brain doesn't only store songs and memories, but data from all five of our senses, how things appear, how they sound, how they taste, how they feel, and how they smell. So our brain stores an unimaginable amount of information. 
our brain is also very powerful. What I mean by that is that our brains influence so much of who we are and have so much control over our lives. It's unreal to realize how much is going on in our mind at any given moment. Our minds are constantly taking in information, comparing it to other information and other experiences in your memory, making decisions, forming opinions about the world, reacting to positive or negative circumstances around you, telling what um, telling you what emotion you should feel. But it looks like just a bunch of freaky looking folds of tissue. And usually unless you have a headache or something wrong with it, your mind, your brain operates totally outside of your attention. But make no mistake, your mind is very much involved in absolutely everything that you do. A quote in the book, Get Out of Your Head, by Jenny Allen says, How can something we can't see control so much of who we are, determine what we feel and what we do and what we say or don't, dictate how we move or sleep and inform what we want, what we hate, and what we love? How can the thing that houses all those thoughts, just a bunch of folded tissue, contain so much of what makes us who we are? So we know our brain has an enormous capacity and is really powerful. But what's the problem? The problem is our brain's susceptibility or its vulnerability to be impacted by outside influences. The good news is that our minds are able to grow and adapt as they take in new information. The bad news is that our minds are extremely influenced by what they are exposed to. In a culture of information overload, fake news, instant gratification, social media, and unlimited access to all these things at the touch of a screen, our minds are being influenced more than ever and more often than ever. If you're listening to the audio, we want you guys to take a sec to answer this question. How do you think living in a world of over-information has a positive or negative impact on our minds? So take a couple minutes and go ahead and think through that question. In the book, Get Out of Your Head, again, Jenny Allen suggests that the greatest battle of our generation is fought between our ears. What battle is she referring to? Whether you like it or not, your mind is being shaped by things that may not even be true or that you may not even be aware of. In other words, the hours we spend scrolling on TikTok, the shows we watch, the music we listen to, the people that we spend time with, all these things give our brains information to consider that can dramatically change the way we live, the way we view ourselves, and the way we view the world. If you're interested in learning more about this, we recommend at the end watching on Netflix the documentary The Social Dilemma. It really paints a picture of how much media influences us. The truth is that how we think shapes how we live. For example, let's say you're scrolling through Instagram and you see a, a picture of your group of friends who are all hanging out without you. And instantly the thoughts start to race through your head about how they probably aren't even thinking about you. They don't even realize that you're not there. They're probably having more fun without you. And maybe they're even talking bad about you behind your back. All these negative thoughts just flood your mind when the reality is it's Christmas break and you live in St. Louis and they all live in KC. And that's why they're hanging out without you. But 
if you dwell on those thoughts long enough, you might even start to have your feelings hurt or feel resentful of your friends because they're, so you think, forgetting about you or talking crap about you behind your back. So the battle of our minds is the constant fight between believing the lies of the world versus the truth of God. How many thoughts do you think that the average person person has per day? The answer is 30,000 thoughts per day. And of those, so many are negative that according to researchers, the vast majority of the illnesses that plague us today are a direct result of a toxic thought life. It would make sense to me why stress, anxiety, and depression levels are higher than ever if our minds are constantly being influenced by negative or untrue information. Eventually, this information plants ideas in our head that are often destructive, and those ideas become beliefs if they're left unchecked. And those beliefs motivate our behavior, which day by day becomes our life. How we think shapes how we live. When I was little, our family would go to my grandma and Charlie Pa, my grandpa, their house. And while the adults were inside, the kids would play in the backyard. In the running game, we would play is Don't Wake the Beast, kind of like Sandlot style, if you're familiar. So in the backyard, there was an old wooden shed and the doors swung together and were chained shut. But there was a little gap in the in between the doors that you could peek through. And inside, all that was visible was a big orange glowing orb that seemed to just stare me down every time I would take a peek. Charlie Paul told us that it was a beast who slept with one eye open and that we had to be extra careful never to wake the beast. And under no occasion could we open the doors to the shed. So naturally, exercising our bravery, little me, I would sneak, I would sneak up to the door, snickering until I got close enough to the shed. Then I started to hold my breath and peek through the gap. And I can remember just chills running down my spine as I'd see the beast staring back at me with one eye open. And I would sprint away from the door before I woke him up. Now, we had our laughs, and I I knew it was just a game, but trust me, I would not be caught dead opening the doors to that shed because a part of me really did believe that there was a beast inside. I don't know what Charlie Paul was trying to keep us from seeing, but it worked because I did not dare open that shed. Sometimes we believe things that are not true, and they have a huge impact on the way we live. So if you're listening to audio... Pause the video for a second and think of a time that you believe something that turned out to be untrue. It could be something serious or something ridiculous like my story. But think about that for a couple minutes. What if we could form our ideas and beliefs about the world with something we could always trust and have access to? What if we had a source of truth we could depend on and base our lives on? So like Jen said... The problem is our mind is being influenced constantly by things that are often untrue and even destructive to us. But what is the solution? I'm going to give you guys a solution to the battle between your ears. The solution is just empty your mind. Just empty it and don't think about anything, especially do not think about a pink elephant. I need all of you to not think at all about a massive 
bright, hot pink elephant. Obviously, if I'm sitting here saying that, you're thinking about it. The answer is not to just empty your mind because who even knows how to do that? We have to fill our minds with truth that we can depend on, like Jen said. We have to fill our minds with something that we can always trust and have access to. And we have to fill our minds and replace the lies and negative thoughts we have with something way better. Because how we think shapes how we live, we need to think how God thinks. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and apostle and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. You are aware that all who are in Asia turned away from me, among whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, where he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he arrived in Rome, he searched for me earnestly and found me. May the Lord grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day, and you well know all the service he rendered at Ephesus. What I just read was 2 Timothy chapter 1, the whole entire chapter. If you copy and paste that chunk of scripture and right next to it copy and paste Taylor Swift's lyrics to You Belong With Me, they're the exact same length. And so it's crazy as I bet, I would bet that most of us know at least 75% to not to 100% probably of all of Taylor Swift's lyrics to her song, You Belong With Me. And so my point is that we do this all of the time. We know songs, we know memories, we know movie quotes, yet do we know God's word? And so one of the books that um, we're going to suggest at the end for you guys to read is called Habits of Grace by David Mathis. And in this book, he says, when we memorize lines from the Bible, We are shaping our minds in the moment to mimic the structure and mindset of the mind of God. Memorized scripture molds our minds with as much specificity as is humanly possible to mimic the folds and creases in the mind of God. And so who of y'all has ever memorized flashcards for a test or memorized a study guide or memorized a Quizlet and then you take go and take the test? 
You slay the test and get 100% because you memorized everything. And then you leave the test and you forget absolutely everything that you memorized. I used to do that all the time in college, if I'm being honest. But that isn't what I'm talking about here when I say to memorize scripture. We shouldn't just memorize scripture to say that we've done it, but we should memorize it to truly understand the mind of God and to let it change us and to think the way God thinks. Because of our brain's capacity, power, and susceptibility, like we talked about earlier, scripture memory has undeniable potential to change the way we think and live. Another quote from the book Habits of Grace by David Mathis, he says, Meditation is thinking deeply about some truth from the mouth of God and rolling it around in our minds long enough that we feel a sense of its significance in our hearts and then even begin to envision its application in our lives. How cool would it be if we all did that? I'm about to give you guys some verses for you guys to write down and to look at later. And when you look at them later, I want you to think about um, what God's word says about our minds and what it says about thinking the way God thinks. And so go ahead and write these verses down as I say them, and then you can go ahead and look about look at them later. The verses are Philippians 4, 8, Matthew 4, 4, Acts 20, 35, Joshua 1, 8, Psalm 119, and Romans 12, 2. So go ahead and take time later to look at those verses. Um, But one easy and practical way to memorize scripture is just writing the verses down on pen and paper. And the way that Jen and I do this is with little scripture memory rings. And so what that is, is basically taking an index card, hole punching it in the top left and putting a ring through all of that so you can hold it and have all of them together. And then you can write the verses on these note cards, whichever verses you want to memorize, and then just keep them with you wherever you go. You can look at this ring while you're standing in line at Starbucks or in the drive-thru, or you can keep them in your car and look at them while you're sitting at red lights, or you can look at them while you're just walking to class, whatever works best for you. It's crazy how much time can add up during the day if you look at the scripture memory ring for five minutes here or five minutes there. There's no denying that adding scripture memory to your life is hard and a discipline, but I promise you from experience, it is so beneficial and will add so much to your life. Don't forget that how we think shapes how we live, and we want all of us to win the battle between our ears. Some of the book recommendations that we talked about was Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. Y'all, that book is so, so good. And then Habits of Grace by David Mathis. And then the Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma, is really beneficial to just show us how much things like what we talked about affects our minds. And so now you might be wondering too, okay, if memorizing God's word is the answer, how can I trust God's word or how can I know God's word to be true? And so there's actually two podcasts that we looked up um, from The Porch, which is where um, Jonathan Pecluda used to work at and David Marvin now works at, which is awesome. And those podcasts are, can we trust the Bible? And then the other one is Bible is the word of God. So those are some podcasts that you guys can listen to. That's also um, really helpful to just growing in trust of God's word. And so we want to thank you guys for being here today and thanks for listening. <laughs>